a Texas anesthesiologist, Ronaldo Rivera Ortiz Jr., with a history of professional discipline and several past brushes with the law, has now been arrested for allegedly injecting nerve-blocking and bronchodilating drugs into patient IV bags at a local surgical center, resulting in at least one death and multiple cardiac emergencies, according to the U.S. Department of Justice. In June, Dr. Melanie Casper died, according to the investigation against Mr. Ortiz. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello and i'm here with my sidekick sandy (laughs) i see sandy kitty needed Mm -hmm. to join the show she generally if she can sneak into my office in time yes she's a huge (laughs) fan of being on camera she does it to me and Rhonda every time we do anything with video she's right there (laughs) I love it. There's a Bassett Corgi at my feet right now who would also uh-huh. be on camera if there's any way she could get up here, but for sure. Blessedly, she cannot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is our Monday episode. So, yes. how are you? How's it going? Good. It's going okay. We had to let our oldest kitty go to heaven, and that was really hard. She's yeah, 17. So sorry. 17 and a half, actually. Yeah. And I was present for her birth. I knew her from the from moment one through her entire yes. life. And she was such a sweet, sweet girl, our little spree. And uh, yeah, she just, she was ready. Yeah, she was. It Darn sucks it. when you know it's time, you know. Yeah. Yep. One of my biggest complaints on this planet. Why don't our cats and dogs live longer? Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, Sanders. Sanders is in here making it all better, though. That's right. She's so got if you hear back. purring in my microphone, she's a big fan of rubbing her face up on my microphone while she purrs. Yeah. So well. you'll, you'll get some of that at some point, I'm sure. Well, maybe we all need some kitty therapy today. We'll right. take it. Well, good. Well, I know that you have a missing person spotlight to kick us off. I do. All right, let's do it. All right, so there is a woman who is missing. If I can find my, here we go. Her name is Lenore Enrique. Um, and she is missing from Colorado Springs. She is 59. She's been missing since this past Sunday. Uh, the 11th, so missing since September 11th. Okay. Um, she took the trash out around 8 p.m. and said she was going to take a walk. Now, the thing you need to know about Lenore is that she has early onset dementia. Mm. And her family is absolutely upside down over this. They are terrified. She doesn't take off. This is not the kind of thing that has happened with her before. Oh, dear. And 
yeah, she's been missing a week now and they don't have any idea where she is. Oh no. She also struggles with some mental health issues. It sounds like, um, you know, she's in need of medication that she's not getting Mm -hmm. and she has just vanished out of thin air. I'm going to show you a picture of Lenore. This is Lenore. And um, so Colorado Springs, Colorado, if you have seen this woman, call the police immediately. They do consider her to be an endangered adult. Uh And her family just wants to know where she is and know that she's okay. Sure. Oh, how terrifying. So there's not a ton about her story. I would like to tell more about her, but this is one of those situations where every article says the same thing. And yeah, I haven't seen any helicopters or search parties other than her family. Um, so I wanted to give her yeah. case a boost so that, um, you know, people are aware that she yeah. is missing. Absolutely. Well, and because she's young and pretty, you may not recognize that she's in a mental health crisis or right. an emotional health crisis. Uh, or a cognitive health crisis. So you may mistake her for not what you think you're looking for. For sure. For sure. But it does sound like that, you know, she can get confused easily because of her, uh, the early onset dementia. So if you're in Colorado Springs Mm -hmm. and you see this woman, please call the police right away um, and, and help her family and help her get back to where she needs to be. Early onset dementia in young people is so scary. Mm, it is there's actually a little girl right here in our area in southeast idaho uh that's i believe she's nine who Mm -hmm. has childhood alzheimer's oh my gosh it's really really rare and it started i I think in january ish that she just started like going backwards in uh you know, development. And that's what her family has to witness and expect. It is something else. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, this last weekend, there was a big uh, fundraiser for her uh, marathon to try to put some money together for her family because there's no way in the world mom can work. She's a full-time job and a half. Oh, I'll bet. Requiring a lot of professional help as well as, you know, 24 hour care and mm, it's something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, lots of love to Lenore and her family. And yes. we just hope that she's found very soon. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I will kick the mic back to you for our main case. Yeah. All right, so this is a case coming out of Texas, and we're talking about an anesthesiologist named Ronaldo Rivera Ortiz Jr., or Ray Ortiz, uh, mm-hmm. and Ray, Ray's been up to some shit. So Ray's been up to stuff for a while, and we'll get there, but the latest is that in May, he was... Uh, put on notice that he was being investigated for some decisions that he made in a procedure that he broke protocol and things Mm. did not go well. And he was really pissed off about it. 
really defiant, told another coworker that this was, uh, they were just trying to uh, crucify him and that, you know, financially it would absolutely destroy him if he didn't have a job or that job, you know, like just got really upset and defensive. So that was in May. Yikes. Well, starting in June, some weird things started happening in the surgical center that he works at. People Mm. started having, like, really out of the blue reactions to a saline bag. What? Yeah. All of them were, like, cardiac events, serious cardiac events. From a saline drip? Yeah. And then at the end of June, one of the other doctors that he works with, this lovely Casper lady, was Melanie Casper, was uh, sick. She was sick at work. Mm-hmm. And she took a saline bag home with her to give herself an antibiotic or a, a drip, not an antibiotic, but, you know, to mm-hmm. give herself some some hydration. She was severely dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And... It took no time after hooking herself up to that bag for her to die. Oh, no. Oh, my God. She had a major heart attack and died. She was in her mid-50s. She was healthy. She, She was a doctor that worked there. She was a wonderful, wonderful person. Reading her obituary is just heartbreaking because uh, she was so beloved by everybody around her. And this was completely out of left field and totally senseless. But then more cardiac events happened. And it was always after someone had received a saline bag. So they started wondering what the hell is going on? Yeah. So an inward, an internal investigation started in, uh, then of course uh, law enforcement got involved, but basically what their CCTV cameras are showing is Ray Ortiz walking out to the bag warmer. They have an apparatus, a machine that they put the bags in to warm them up a little mm-hmm. before they go into the patients with sailing bags and dropping them off in there, which is weird. He has no need to be doing that. It's not really his job, but he's right. been doing that. And so some of the cameras at certain instances he put a bag in. Shortly thereafter, a nurse took a bag out, went into a patient's room, and then within no time at all, that patient was in some kind of a cardiac event. Oh, holy shit. They have several instances, according to the uh, probable cause affidavit, where he was the last person to touch that bag. So, of course, they started testing, you know, the medical materials, uh, you know, of course, with the doctor as well, to try to figure out because she had all of this, uh, like, anesthetic medication in her system that she should not have had. Mm -hmm. And so did other people. So they figured out, of course, that they were coming from the bags. They also had discovered pinpricks in the bags, you know, and eventually came to the conclusion that he was the one doing it. There was also an instance where a nurse in the middle of surgery went to get him another saline bag and brought one from that warmer and he shoved it off and refused to take it and went and got his own. 
which she thought was very weird. And all summer long, he's been providing his own bags for surgery. He's been picking them up and bringing them in, which isn't his job. No. And none of the other anesthesiologists do that, but he's been doing that. Mm. So then a deeper dive into who is this dude is pretty freaking chilling because he has a long history of domestic violence. Mm. Yeah. Not a good dude. It's really Mm -hmm. concerning and upsetting to look into his past and think that this is the guy who's been taking care of people. I mean, to me, the anesthesiologist holds your life in the palm of his hand, you know, Uh, yeah, surgery. And this is the guy who has had no problem hitting women Mm. who also had charges a few years ago for shooting his neighbor's dog. Oh no. Why did he shoot his neighbor's dog? Well, his girlfriend was trying to leave him after some domestic incidences Mm -hmm. and the neighbor helped her get out of there. So in retaliation, he shot her dog in the chest with a pellet gun. Oh, and the dog lived actually. Uh, But it was a, really scary experience and that neighbor said that he had a history of being very aggressive with the neighbors and also of shooting other animals in his yard with that gun oh my god it's just really freaking concerning yeah. you know that all of this is happening some of his victims uh the doctor's the only one that died the rest of them all ended up just uh you know like not just but in the ICU, having to be, you know, sent to an emergency uh, hospital. I mean, this was a surgical center. Yeah. So we're talking about people that were, uh, had to be transported to emergency rooms, to uh, ICUs, bigger hospitals, things like that. They've all lived, but uh, have had severe trauma. And, you know, who knows? They easily could have lifelong injuries from what he did to them. Mm. Um, But some of them were like, the youngest was 18 years old. Oh, no. The oldest was a man in his 70s that came in for a wrist surgery and ended up in deep shit. Why? Mm. Oh, well, because he was poisoned. Yikes. Wow. So he was just arrested on Thursday. He has not been charged with murder, though I suspect that he will be uh, in the case of the doctor. But at this point, it looks like he's been charged for uh, tampering with medical materials. So tampering with a consumer product and tampering with a consumer product. Oh, causing death and or serious bodily injury. Mm. Okay. All in all, it looks like there's about seven charges. So, you know, and there may be more coming as well. But that's what we know so far. When he got the misdemeanor for shooting his neighbor's dog, he didn't report it to the Department of Medicine, which uh, doctors are required to do. For sure. And he got a little slap on the wrist and a $2,000 fine. Earlier in his career, he also was in legal trouble for domestic violence and then received a $3,000 fine. Mm. What? I... I'm kind of blown away that somebody with this kind of a record and history has been allowed to 
continue to practice as a doctor anyway. Yeah. Maybe I'm just naive. I'm just amazed that this is even happening at all. Well, harm toward others should, I mean, as a social worker, if I were to receive, you know, a, a charge, not just a charge, but a conviction that would be harm toward others, that would wipe me out from being a social worker. I mean, you know, right? so I can't imagine that a, that a, a doctor, an anesthesia doctor wouldn't have the same rules. I know. You know? One would think so. So his, uh, Medical license has currently been temporarily uh, withdrawn, suspended until, uh, you know, further investigation, which I would kind of assume he's never getting that back. But the whole thing is just really scary and sad. So sad for Dr. Casper's family, you know, that have gone through this nightmare. So then you have to come down to motive. Why the hell would anyone do this? Mm -hmm. Well... They don't know for sure, but it's looking like this was kind of a case of wanting to make the other anesthesiologist mess up to take some of the heat and pressure off of him. Mm. Because most of these, well, they didn't all happen in surgery. Some of them happened in recovery, mm-hmm. but uh, in, in patient rooms. But it appeared that perhaps he was setting some of the other anesthesiologists up by messing up their procedures as someone who just had surgery that's terrifying it is terrifying yeah no like i don't think we really have a serial killer on our hands that it's not he didn't he only killed one person of course there was lots of attempts i mean there were about 12 Mm -hmm. that they know of right now but at least they were right there where Mm life-saving um you know actions could be taken and you know, get them to a hospital quickly and stuff. So, yikes. Yeah. So, we will keep an eye on this case and watch it march through the courts and let you know what's going on with Ray Ortiz. But uh, at least for now, uh, Dallas, you can rest easy. He's now in jail and definitely won't be working in any kind of medical facility anytime soon. Good. Yeah, that's that's the good news. But, oh, just yeah, very sad for all those people that have been through that. Really sad. Yep. All righty. Well, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you. I think that we have some weird crime. We sure do. Sometimes when researching for these episodes, you fall down. A weird rabbit hole. And that is what happened to me today (laughs) about chewing gum theft, if you can believe it. Oh. Yeah. So there, it turns out, I thought, oh, I'm going to look and see, like, is is this the only case? Oh, no. Um, This has happened a bunch of times in more than one country. What? I got to tell you, I... I'm confused, but let's start with the original case that I found. So, um, this man in Toronto, uh, this happened back in 2016 and I cannot find where, if he was ever caught. So I don't know that he was, but he, (laughs) he walked into, um, you know, a pharmacy kind of store. I was, Mm -hmm. it sort of seems like maybe like a a Walgreens or something like that, that we Mm -hmm. would have. 
and he stole $1,500 worth of chewing gum. How? Well, and this, I mean, we got to, you know, put a little blame on the employees here because how he got away with this and nobody figured it out what he was doing until later. I don't know. But he walked in. He went right to the gum aisle. He had he opened up a black garbage bag, what? filled it up. Yeah, no shit. Filled it up. Went out in the front of the store where there was a taxi waiting for him. Put that bag in the car. Went back in. Filled up a- another black trash bag. What? And went out and got in the taxi and zoomed away. I mean, it was pre-orchestrated and everything. Right. And chewing he had gum. A getaway car. Everything. Do you also, think that they could have thought he was like a product rep? Maybe, but the black grocery bags? Why would he be throwing stuff in? I don't know. I, I my gum is expired. Where are these employees and how is this store laid out? Because you couldn't get away with that in a store like the ones we have, because you would have to walk past the checkouts to get out the door. Yeah. So I do not know. I will tell you that he has a hashtag. It's called uh, it's hashtag fresh breath bandit. <laughs> and um the public was asked to use that if they had any information about who this person might be. As far as I can tell, he was never caught. So wow. I went looking like, okay, was he ever caught or, um, you know, like what the hell? No, he was not caught, but it turns out that, um, yeah, this, this is a thing. And they think that people do it and then they go like resell it somewhere. I don't know. Weird. Well, here are some teen boys. This is in the UK, in uh, Gloucestershire. They stole three thirty thousand pounds worth of chewing gum, like in money. This they. Oh, thanks for clearing that up. I was trying to decide how did they lift all that. Right. How did they look like them? No. You know what they did? They cut a hole in the side of a Wrigley's truck and loaded up boxes of gum out of the truck while the driver was having a little nap in the middle of the night. What? 30,000 pounds, which is like $36,000 worth of gum. Why? Uh, good question. Don't know. Uh, these kids were caught and some of them are doing a little time. It's mostly like withheld judgment with probation. Um, this happened around three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I, oh, also the police showed up as they were, you know, like finishing up their theft. So they <laughs> did take the police on a bit of a high speed chase before they were caught because, I, they knew they were really screwed with that much chewing gum. They didn't have a chance to chew a single stick. I mean, they they didn't. They actually, the article said uh, that almost all of the gum was recovered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they're like driving and just sticking stick after stick and stick. You know, they're chewing these huge gobs of gum while they're, they're, oh, they're throwing the it out the window. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So wow. Like, this can't, there can't be more than one of these stories. Oh yeah. Or more than two. Here we go. Uh, this is also, uh, in Canada, there are, um, there's a pair, a man and a woman who are, they call them gum bandits. More of um, Yeah. It's like an organized retail theft, uh, scheme. They wear, oh. uh, they wear disguises uh-huh. and they hit all different kinds of stores. They do steal a few other things, but it's mostly gum. <laughs> and police think I that they're blown away. They're selling it somewhere, and they're still on the run as well. <laughs> uh, I think there are actually others, but those were the three that I, dude, I don't know. Maybe they need to start putting gum behind the locked cases. I guess condoms. so. In the <laughs> I was gonna say the gum and the condoms. Yep. I I had no clue. Like, what would you? Why would you want $36,000 worth of gum? I guess you're going to go sell it somewhere. Is there a black market for Wrigley's that I don't know about? I don't know. Are they just on Amazon? Like, Uh, maybe, maybe. Cutting cutting Wrigley's prices, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. Wrigley's going, how can that seller afford to sell that gum so cheap? Wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> uh, wait a minute remember that truck that got the the hole cut in it in the middle of the night yeah wow. so there you go there you go well thank you I guess <laughs> <laughs> alrighty well it's Monday so yeah. we'll be back tomorrow with another episode we'll be back Wednesday with another brand new episode we'll be back Wednesday night for case updates and then also on Wednesday night will be the cold read party Right yes. after case updates. So we still have so much more to come this week. We really so hang do. out, like, share, follow, subscribe. You know the ropes. Also, mm-hmm. come check us out on Patreon. We have a lot more content over there as well, including yes, we a brand do. new episode. And mm-hmm. it's a really interesting one. Ooh. So come check it out. Well, there you have it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody. Hang on to your gum. Thank you.